We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Monday morning. And man, what a good week of football. Unfortunately, the Chiefs once again in the AFC championship game. But hey, they might be running into an absolute buzzsaw. Uh, we'll see. I'll believe the Chiefs are dead when, they, they, when they're out. But uh, man, fun week of football. And it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? Uh, hopefully you're staying warm. And I know you are starting to just jones for the senior bowl coming up here i cannot wait to start to get into this with you and see who stands out for you because you always go in with fresh eyes and i I appreciate you boots on the ground being like this guy's really standing out because you know you're not as influenced or listening to some other folks as i am and you go in and just be like this is what i saw i don't know if they have any hype or anything but this guy's kicking ass pay attention yeah i uh i leave monday so i'm not sure we'll be back on monday you might hold down the fort for us uh we'll see if I want to do a show and then take off or if I'll just take off, uh, it's about a six hour drive down to mobile. Hopefully it'll be a little warmer. Um, and I, I like that, that, uh, NFL mock draft database has that little Reese's senior bowl thing right next to their names. But I'm, as I started looking at it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to look at it first though, you know, just for the same yeah. reason. I don't want to know that, Oh, this guy is supposed to be here now because I'm selfish, I do like to see when these guys get invited and I like to see big schools next to their names because mm-hmm. that usually means I get more views and I make more money. Um, but with the quarterbacks that are going to be down there this time, I think the views and my revenue opportunity is going to take care of itself. When I post highlight videos of Michael Penix and Bo Nix, that might make my week. Yeah, it really could. I mean, everybody's hunting for a quarterback. I'm bummed that uh, Jaden Daniels is not going to be participating, but why would he, right? Uh, I think he has more chance to hurt his stock than anything out there doing that. But uh, shout out to Jim Nagy. I know he's doing it for uh, maybe a little bit for engagement, but he asked, you know, his uh, the Twitter folks out there, you know, should he put Knicks and Panics on the same team or opposite teams to have them, you know, go back and forth with the game? Everyone's like, what's the point of the senior bullets to evaluate them? We're not really evaluating based on the game itself put them on the same team so we can see them throw to the same guys against the same guys back to back. And uh, that's yeah, where we're going to get out reps. You take, yep. they're going to take the same amount of reps either way. It's not like you've got a one and a two and two yeah. is going to take the reps. Everybody there's usually six quarterbacks there, all three guys. So all six guys, all three guys on both teams get the same amount of reps all week. Yeah. But just as far as standardizing the evaluation, no, 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 I'm saying, so there's no yeah. reason to not have them on the same team. Yes. To your yeah, point. Exactly. 
Yeah, so you can see them throw to the same guys. Let's say one team is just terrible at wide receiver. Well, they'll be terrible for both the quarterbacks. Uh, so that'll be fun to see. And then you can really you know, get an evaluation on the arm talent and the ability to layer throws uh, when you're watching these guys back to back. It's one reason that I always enjoy the for the combine, you know, the, a lot of the drills. It's fun to watch them. Uh, but the quarterbacks throwing, if you can watch them throw side by side and who can get the, you know, 15 yard out on a rope with time and pace, uh, that can really separate versus some of those, you know, Nerf gun arms that sometimes you see rack up the stats. But once you actually ask them to make NFL style throws going from college to the NFL, can't quite uh, hold up, but uh, should be fun. I can't wait to see what you have, what you take away down there in senior bowl should be a fun one. No doubt. We got Michael Ronquillo coming in and says, I feel better now that Josh Allen is not the Broncos quarterback. Yeah. Josh Allen did not have a great game. Shout out to that um, Kansas city defense. They've been phenomenal all season. Uh, pretty fun to have those two teams going against each other the way they were and to say, Hey, Broncos beat both of them just kind of shows how crazy and parody much parody there is in the NFL. Uh, but the fact that, you know, with some good coaching and a few tweaks here and there, maybe the Broncos can be right back in the thick of things really tired of uh, Kansas city. We're going to see what happens with both those head coaching spots. Also. I mean, maybe you have a uh, gosh, McDermott might be out in bills after everything that's happened there. They've oh. bumped their head in the ceiling multiple times. And there's been a lot of rumors that uh, Andy Reid might be out after the end of the year as well. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. And Travis Belichick, Kelsey also. Carroll, Reed, Saban. I'm forgetting somebody. Wasn't there another legendary coach that? I think so. But those are the big ones that stand out to me. But yeah, it's pretty uh, Titan Titans fall, right? Things change. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, pretty fun to watch and uh, see what happens with the, the coaching market. And now that we're full steam ahead to the offseason on the Broncos side of things. We got David Cromello coming in and said, good morning, Nick and Scott. Just curious your opinion on the Bears hiring Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron as a new offensive coordinator. Love Waldron, uh, what he's been able to do with all the quarterbacks there. Uh, I think he's made, you know, Russell Wilson look good. He made Geno Smith, I mean, completely turned his career around. He made Drew Locke uh, look like a competent quarterback here or there uh, as well. So uh, Waldron, I think, is going to be a good hire. Uh, Shanahan tree as well been out there for a number of years. So we'll see what happens. Everybody kind of wants a little bit of that Shanahan juice on offense, unless you're going up against the Ravens and Mike McDonald, the Baltimore Ravens have just beaten the crap out of the Shanahan trees tree this year. So shout out to them, but uh, we'll be fun well, to see what happens with personnel <laughs> personnel. I think so. I mean, on defense, well, I know I'm not taking anything away from Mike McDonald, but every time we see, Oh, this guy is crazy, big, crazy, fast, freakish athlete. Oh yeah. Ravens took him. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's a, but there's a, he's or the a hair short or he's a little inexperienced. Oh yeah. The Ravens took him. <clears throat> I love it's the really nice and you have a lot of picks, right? Yeah. They, uh, Jadavian Clowney from the grave, right? Just looking incredible out there. They, uh, they do a heck of a job out there in Baltimore and I'm come on, let's go Ravens. Everybody, everybody with me, let's go Ravens. But I like the Waldron hire uh, for the bears. I think he's one of the best offense coordinators on the market. Uh, we'll be curious to see what he does now away from that Pete Carroll stuff. And with the infrastructure they have in place in Chicago, the chance to bring in a new quarterback at one. I do think this is curtains for Justin Fields in uh, Chicago as well. Cause Waldron's operated a little, wants to operate a little bit more on time, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I think Waldron is a heck of a hire though. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, you talk about the tree and he has a similar path that Mike McDaniels did. Um, passing game coordinator, quarterback, offensive coordinator for three years. So he's put in some good time. A little surprised he's not getting any interviews for head coaches considering he's been the third, you know, a, a offensive coordinator for three years. So he goes and does, if he can have the same type of success in Chicago that he's had with uh, quarterbacks and frankly, three different quarterbacks at times 
with the Seattle Seahawks, he's going to be on some short list next year for head coaching jobs. Good hire. Mm -hmm. Really good hire. I'm a little surprised, honestly. Yeah, it's will be interesting to see what happens with him. I, I am wondering also, Scott, why he has not had a chance to get a head coaching interview, to my knowledge at all, considering he is the uh, Shanahan tree and everybody wants a little bit of that Shanahan juice for their offense in the league. Uh, but yeah, he's has a chance to be really good in Chicago, and I really am excited to see what happens. I mean, God, how quickly has the NFC North just turned into an absolute gauntlet of all gauntlets, right? If they've not... Uh, land that number one pick they do land it if they nail that number one pick and you have detroit there built really well i mean green bay looks crazy talented with the offensive stuff that they have there and also the young uh the the youth on the defensive front as well uh sorry vikings i don't know what you guys are gonna do but uh man the nfc north looks like it could be pretty damn tough going forward if the bears uh nail that first pick uh, Keith comes in. Can you talk about Davis Webb being the offensive coordinator at the Shrine Bowl and the talent he will see to work with? I can't speak too much to the uh, what he's going to do exactly as an offensive coordinator out there. I don't know the intricacies of running through the practices and whatnot. I know that when you're down there at the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl, you can tell which coaching staffs are well-oiled machines and which ones are not based on the efficiency of the practice, you know, how quickly they're getting out of drills, how quickly they are running the drills themselves um, and how efficient they are in terms of communicating what they want from the players and installing stuff. Uh, so that would be interesting to watch, especially if you can watch it against a more competent, you know, well-lined uh, coaching staff. I think when the Broncos were down there a few years ago, they were just a mess in terms of running the efficiency of the senior bowl compared to whoever the counterpart was. Um, so that's always fun to watch. But as far as the talent he will see, I think it's going to be, I don't, you, a lot of the top guys are not out there at the senior bowl and a lot of top guys definitely aren't at the, uh, the shrine bowl. They tended to pick the senior bowl over the shrine bowl. We'll see if that uh, continues going forward now that there's underclassmen and whatnot, but they always can find you know, a few day three guys here or there at the Shrine Bowl. And uh, I have not, I'll be honest, I have not dug too deep in the Shrine Bowl yet because I'm trying to survive this newborn <laughs> life uh, right now. But uh, I'm sure there'll be names that'll pop up and that will send me back to the tape uh, to rewatch after some Shrine Bowl standouts. There was um, a post yesterday that's since been deleted because I sent it to Nick and I'm like, where'd it go? Um, that the Broncos were going to have the coaches, the tight end coaches on both teams for the senior bowl for the senior bowl. Yeah. But that, but Jim Nagy has deleted that post. So I was like, well, this is interesting. We've talked about, and in fact, I retweeted and it was gone. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a couple of really good players. Tight ends have come out of the senior bowl in, in the last two years, and you're going to have Broncos coaching all of them this year. So I wonder if that has changed. That was something interesting. I was going to bring up today. I'm going to bring it up today saying, okay, let's keep an eye on this because yesterday it was announced that the Broncos had two coaches at the senior bowls coaching tight ends on both teams, but now that is gone. So we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out. And something about uh, Shane Waldron, that's probably worth mentioning, uh, just bringing it back to that. But uh, see this on here. Caleb Williams is uh, working with a QB collective um, as he prepares for the NFL draft. And Shane Waldron is very much entrenched in the QB collective as well. So, again, Caleb Williams, write it. I think, I think we should write it in pen. He'll probably be the first pick uh, in the draft. So, too bad Broncos fans. I know you got, some people want to trade up for him. I think he's a special talent, especially when you actually – the Caleb Williams thing is kind of weird because people see USC and they think, and Lincoln Riley, they think, oh my God, he should be winning every game. But then you watch the tape actually, and it's like, wow, the offensive line is absolutely dog crap out there at USC. And they, if they don't put up 50 points, they're losing. No wonder his, a lot of his tendencies are poor. Uh, are they reasons that he played poor this season or excuses? 
good luck to the evaluator separating that. But uh, I put it more in terms of the the reasons and Caleb Williams' super talent. Uh, I think with a lot of overthinking here and a lot of BS being sung around trying to get some some team a little further down a chance to get him. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. David Youngkin coming in four ninety nine. Good to see you, David. Says I would rather have a rookie quarterback start the season and build around him for the next couple of years. I'm with you on that, David. The issue is that I'm not sure I'm sold on any of the quarterbacks at 12. And given where the Broncos are at from a current roster build standpoint, from a salary cap perspective, from a draft pick perspective, I don't think they are in a position where they can, you know, shoot their shot on the quarterback. You ha- you built up that infrastructure, both in terms of cap uh, draft picks and roster, and you made the move for Russell Wilson and you missed your shot. You could do it again, uh, but I just don't think you're in a position where you're good enough in key areas uh, to be able to go get that guy. If you love one of those quarterbacks at 12, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, God bless. I hope you get it right and uh, get, let's just call it as it is, taking a quarterback at 12 and having them be a franchise guy would be getting lucky. Uh, But uh, that would be um, probably the only path forward as far as that rookie quarterback and building around him. And I'll tell you this also, Scott, if you're taking a quarterback day two, you are not taking him to build around him. You are hoping that he shows enough that you give him a chance after that. But a day two quarterback, honestly, anybody outside of the top 20 lottery ticket, you should not hit your wagon to them. They have to prove it and earn and take those reps versus, you know, here's every single opportunity ever because you don't have the, you don't have time to give guys those opportunities. And David, I agree. I think everybody in a perfect world would want it this way. He said, yes, I'd love to draft a quarterback and build around him and have him pan out. The problem is, is how many quarterbacks, I just looked it up, how many quarterbacks do you think have been drafted in the last uh, four years? Total? Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 44. 47. Yep, that's good. 47 <laughs> quarterbacks have been drafted in the last four years. How many of them... I wonder have been are guys that you want to hit your wagon to. And after that amount of time say, I want to build around these guys and move forward. So there's this fallacy and it happens a lot on this, this 
channel, you know, I saw it with a former second round pick that given enough time, they will eventually hit this spot that you're looking for a franchise quarterback. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to have a timeline and I'm going to have year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. And I'm going to run it on a, on a, a line graph. And maybe the guy in the top five starts a little higher. Uh, and he's a little bit flatter, but he runs on this line over year one, year two, year three, year four, but he, he ends up at franchise quarterback. And there's this fallacy that on a long enough timeline, they all end up here. We just didn't give him enough time. We didn't develop him well enough. We didn't give him the tools. He didn't have the coaching. Frankly, 90% of the guys just flat out aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. They Or else you would just draft a guy and stick by him and just wait. Yeah. So, David, the problem I have on this is the the idea of we have to come out of this and it's not just the Broncos. This is, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there. We have to come out of this with a quarterback. All right. But the worst thing you can do is reach on a guy that can't play, especially high because then there's more pressure to play him and more pressure to use that guy. So I would absolutely love to be able to draft a quarterback, have him be the guy and build around him. It's just not that easy. Now, you don't normally miss as bad as you do on Paxton Lynch on a first-round guy who was out of the freaking league in two years. That's almost unheard of. But Nick, it ain't easy finding that guy in the draft. Yeah, it's not easy. You got to be sold on the guy uh, without a doubt. And Gatorade Gaming comes in. Wasn't Mahomes taken at 10? He was. I think top 10, especially. I know how maybe I'm making too much. You know, what's the difference between 10 and 12? Uh, But uh, he was taken 10. Once you get further and further from that first pick, it drops off dramatically. And I think there's a pretty good study out there about like the first overall pick and how long they stick around the league compared to top three, compared to top five, compared to top 10. And after top 10, it drops off pretty massively uh, in terms of quality quarterbacks with the hit rate speaking here, but your numerator is only as good as your denominator for the math folks at home. Uh, So, you know, you have 10,000 day three picks and one hits. Oh my gosh, we can find Tom Brady. Well, what about the 10,000 in the graveyard there that uh, did not hit? (laughs) So uh, that's, it's, it's tough, uh, no doubt. And I always, you mentioned it, Scott, don't take a guy if you don't love them um, because it hurts to miss on that quarterback. I, I always think back to 2011, Scott, and two of the greatest players that I've ever seen with my own eyeballs in terms of my fandom in my life were drafted in that 2011 draft of their positions in uh, Tyron Smith, maybe the top two left tackle I've witnessed uh, play football in my life at a high level. I've I did watch Ogden and pace, but I was pretty young. I couldn't really appreciate that. But Tyron Smith was drafted as well as JJ Watt. But here's the order of those picks. When those guys went off the board, uh, eighth overall, Jake Locker quarterback, 10th, ninth overall, Tyron Smith, offensive tackle, 10th overall, Blaine Gabbard quarterback, 11th overall, JJ Watt, of course, JJ Watt. And uh, 12th overall, Christian Ponder quarterback, superstar quarterback, superstar quarterback, or quarterback, superstar quarterback, superstar, uh, super, superstar first, whatever. Either way. My point is, you better be sold in that quarterback, and eventually you do have to take that shot, but know the risk there because you have a chance to miss out on an absolute uh, stud. I think at 12 this year, you have a chance as well. So um, if you're going to take that shot, you better damn well be sold on it because you are hitching your wagon to that guy for the next three years. And if you miss on that one, everybody is fired. Everybody is fired. Let's, um, I want to, I, I just looked this up. In the last 24 years, there was something along the lines of, I can't quite count this high, but from, I think it's 25 rows, there's 25 quarterbacks that were taken between 10 and 25 in the first round. 
I'm going to rip these off real quick, okay? And I want you to, as soon, as soon as you hear a name that you said was a hit, just put up a finger and just start counting, okay? Just okay. immediate, immediate reaction. Don't overthink this. Josh Rosen, Patrick Mahomes, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Leinert, Justin Fields, Jay Cutler, Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, Christian Ponder, Mac Jones, Dwayne Haskins, EJ Manuel, Josh Freeman, Joe Flacco, Chad Pennington, Kyle Bowler, Kenny Pickett, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, J.P. Lossman, Rex Grossman, Aaron Rodgers was 24, Tim Tebow, and Jason Campbell went tw- were both 25 picks. We got four, maybe five. You went too fast for me, <laughs> to be honest. But I think it probably about a thirty. It shouldn't have been that hard. I could go. You know, you hear yeah, a name, yeah. you just put a finger up. It, it would maybe be six guys. Roethlisberger for sure. I think Roethlisberger, Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes for sure. Uh, Rogers for sure. So I mean, you've about a thirty percent hit rate. Flacco there. was pretty good, and that's guys that you already graded being. You know, it, it, and there's a thought process that if we those were guys that were graded to be taken in that spot. We don't know that the guys that we don't know that Bo Nix, we don't know that Michael Penix, we don't know that JJ McCarthy will even have those grades. This is after the fact. We know that these guys had were taken in those spots. Uh, it's just the the, the I'm just want to reiterate the worst thing you can do is reach. It's just mm-hmm. especially in for a quarterback in the first round because it's a three year commitment and decision when you take a quarterback in the first round and the ripples are felt for that long. And this is a Broncos team that is pretty devoid of talent at key spots. Uh, I heard, listen, we'll talk about it in a bit, but Daniel Jeremiah was going on about, you know, picks and whatnot and like the Brock Bowers discussion. And it's like, okay, good to get a tight end here in here. You're not really getting the contract value from a rookie when you take a Brock Bowers early compared to other spots. Uh, but taking him on a team that actually already has the foundation in place to take advantage of that. And it, that doesn't just mean quarterback. It means, the trenches in place. Honestly, do you have the defense and offensive line, the foundation in place where you can take somebody like that, that is maybe a little auxiliary uh, to what you can do, but you can't really utilize them or to their full extent until you have the infrastructure in place along the big boys. And for the Broncos specifically, I don't know if you have that. I think short-term you do on the offensive line. Uh, We'll see long-term bulls is old. McGlinchey didn't really play really well. Powers might only be here for another year. You don't know what happens at center. I mean, for building blocks on the offensive line, it's really Quinn Miners and then end list. And that might even be for the entire offense. Defense, I, we don't have to go down that path again, Scott. But uh, I don't know if the Broncos really have the the inroads and the, the bricks laid uh, to be that team right now. This might be a, a brick laying uh, offseason for the Broncos. And I don't know if that lines up with Sean Payton, which is, just makes it so hard. Uh, but tough, tough situation. I think you can go Bowers at 12. And, and feel pretty good about it just because if you don't like the quarterback, again, let me get this clear. Mm-hmm. Your number one priority is quarterback. Okay. Without a doubt. But don't reach. Okay. If you don't like your quarterback at 12, then what? Okay. We're going to look at best player available. We're going to look at needs. Is tight end a need? Kind of. Yeah. Is it a premium position? No, not really. But if I could get you a premium tight end at 12, if I could get you Sam Laporta at 12, was he would he be worth a 12th pick in a redraft? Yeah, yeah, he would. Um, if I could get you George Kittle, if I could get you Travis Kelsey at 12, yeah, absolutely. Bowers projects that way. He's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and people talk about we got to – I see people say all the time, we got to fix the offensive line. Y'all, you're kind of stuck with the offensive line you've got. Uh, for at least next year. You've yeah. got too much money in them right now. You're probably going to have to get a new center, but that might be internal also. More than likely going to restructure bowls. 
you're you've got your money sunk into Ben Powers, right guard minors, he's set, right tackle, you got your money committed to McGlinchey. So offensive line is there. So if you like if you like Bauer, I'm just looking on the offensive side of the ball. If I like Bowers considerably more than any of the receivers that are still there, that's an offensive pick that makes a lot of sense. Now I go on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not really in love with any of the edges. The corner might be there, might not. I could go corner in this spot. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, you know, the big interior line, that gets into pick value also a little bit. I'm not going inside linebacker. Yeah, I could take Bowers in this spot and live with that. Absolutely, I could. I can, I can make that argument really, really easily for Broncos country. Yeah, and I'm with you as well. I feel like I was one of the, I mean, obviously, oh, Broncos with a high pick might take a talented guy. What a revelation, Nick. But, you know, just the fit with uh, Sean Payton specifically and how much they like to utilize 12 and 21 personnel and play matchup football. Uh, how many reps we saw this season with little Jordan Humphrey out there. I mean, How, you, how many did we see with Adam Troutman? Adam Trout, I don't know if Powers is a Troutman-esque. I think you want to play him off of a Y tight end because he's going to be 235, where Troutman's more like 255, 260, and I don't think Bowers can get that high. The point is, is Troutman offered, give me Bowers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rep, the, the the targets are going there. Not really the <laughs> And it changes the way the defense now. plays. I'm like, well, he's not doing yeah. the blocking. It it lightens the, the other side of the ball, too, because I've got to account for him in coverage. So therefore, I'm not blocking an edge, a 240, a 260-pound guy, probably going against a lighter linebacker, maybe even a safety, yeah, maybe in a slot corner if I've got Bowers out there. Is Bowers good enough to beat a cornerback in space? Yes. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And also, he's definitely an advantage as far as a blocker against a light box as well. So that's the key. A tight end really is only as good as they can manipulate and force the opposing team into a base or beat those guys as they would be a wide receiver. So I think Bowers could be that way. The big, again, the big negative here, Scott, is the the cap upside for Bowers. Now, if he's a hit, it doesn't matter. But when you take a Bowers in top 12, he's going to end up being one of the top three to five paid off, uh, tight ends in football immediately. If you take a wide receiver there, they're going to be like the 30th or 40th highest paid wide receiver. So with the Broncos being in the cap issue that they're at right now, are you getting the most benefit for the cap doing that in the end? It is about drafting good players. I think you, there's almost like too much analysis, but it is a factor all the same that at least has to be talked about when you talk about how up against the the wall the Broncos are with the cap. Uh, we got Kathy coming in here saying, Morning from Germany. Uh, guten Tag to you. He says, uh, uh, My wish list in order is quarterback, edge, defensive line, offense tackle, wide receiver, and then cornerback. Go Broncos. I'm, I'm with you, Kathy, but again, I think the Broncos are so lacking in young developed talent, you know, building block pieces that in the end just draft good players. And if hopefully it's somebody that, you know, who I have a chance to have a pro bowler here. Can I see this guy a part of this roster for the next decade? That matters way more than the positional value out there. But uh, I definitely think quarterback and top pass catcher slash a defensive line talent is where the Broncos should be looking to go. And at 12, there should be somebody available uh, that would line up that way. My wish list usually involves pizza. So this is your reminder to make Little Caesars, who is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Uh, I make it part of my game week. That's for sure. I live on pizza. So order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. We got a couple more weekends of football Sundays coming up and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. 
Yeah, and unfortunately the Chiefs won again this week, but Broncos country can win, obviously, with Little Caesars and always a winning combo for me is the stuffed crazy bread pizza, pepperoni. I mean, it's it's the best. I'd eat a whole one of those myself uh, if I could. I might at some point coming up here with uh, the lacking energy to uh, to cook uh, these days with the, the little guy here. But so good. The dipping sauce as well. I mean, the more cheese, crazy bread, the better. Uh, and speaking of winning, everyone scores with a convenient delivery in our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the upcoming games in this conference championship weekend. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Michael Ranquillo with the Pizza Pizza. Thank you for the support, Michael. Um, also want to say hello to Lawrence. Lawrence came in with some stars. Appreciate you, Lawrence. Says Lawrence Rivera says, good morning, guys. Good morning back at you, Lawrence. Appreciate the support. Yeah, appreciate you guys both so much. Uh, appreciate all you. Let's get into it. I saw a comment here. Why are you guys talking about mock draft? The point of mock draft, Scott, and I don't, I'm not, you obviously know this, but it's not about we're just projecting exactly who the Broncos will get. It's not a prediction, so to speak, but it's more of the, it's really Scott and I in our bag as far as draft philosophy and team building theory on top of valuating scheme fits and value of these players. So really in the end, it's not about, well, we know for sure this guy's going to be picked, but what does it look like? Why does this make sense? And if you make this pick, what does that mean down the line for the Broncos? So uh, any other thoughts on mock drafts? I mean, they're just an exercise. They're obviously an exercise in futility, but it's again, it's a philosophical uh, team building exercise. Yeah. It comes around to who could be available. What could, how much better, you know, we, we talk about hope. The NFL draft is about hope. I hope my team is going to be better next year. I hope we can survive cap hell. I hope my first draft, my first round draft pick helps. Well, where could he help? What kind of players are going to be there? Who can I get at 12 in order to improve my team? And I've got, you know, it, it gives me an idea of these five or six players could be targeted. Who are they? Not necessarily prediction, but what makes sense and how could they help? It's kind of fun personally. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's team building stuff, and it's something that even the best in the world are going to get it wrong. So everybody can kind of get in on the action, have a little fun with it, and debate it because you're trying to project the future, and nothing is, I guess, humans can be predictable, but it's still volatile um, in terms of the the outcomes there with so many variables. So uh, we're going to talk plenty of mock drafts and team building stuff, also because of how limited the Broncos are in terms of salary cap this year. Not going to be a lot of fun talking free agents uh, this season and the possibilities there. We, we had Penner pretty much straight out come out and say they're not going to be very active on the first slash second wave of free agency. So um, definitely draft is probably going to be a lot more fun this year. Maybe a little bit quieter for Broncos country uh, with also only one pick in the top 75 right now. But we'll see uh, if any there's going to be any splashes. 
It's probably coming from uh, some trades happening or maybe some coaching moves. Uh, Gary Palmer coming in saying pizza, pizza. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, Gary. Always appreciate Gary coming in. One of the, the OGs and always a positive, insightful contributor to the chat, which we always love and, and appreciate you, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, Gary, good to see you. Um, Hopefully get to see you. I, I missed you this year too. So I missed the Broncos country. So hopefully we'll both be able to get back out to the meet and greet next year. So did you want to get into a mock draft, Nick? Is that what you were leading to? I want to talk some about, other things you wanted to hit on. Yeah, I wanted to talk. Uh, so interestingly for the Broncos, uh, we had the same exact player mocked by two of the big wigs in the NFL draft media. I think Mel Kuyper's mock draft actually might be coming out today scott or sometime this week as well he's the the absolute big wig uh for the nfl draft media but we had uh dane brugler of the athletic released his mock draft 2.0 so shout out to dane he is in my opinion the best in the business he releases the beast every year on the athletic and if you want to know what you know favorite protein powder is for these prospects and what sports they played in sixth grade and what their middle school principal thought of them dane brugler might actually have it in in his uh, yearly piece that he released called the beast where he evaluates like 400 prospects and it's like a 600 P 600 page PDF. I don't understand how he can sleep and function and get that together. Scott, I think it might be more comprehensive than what some of these teams put together. Cause they're only, you know, like historically the bill Belichick boards are like what 50, 60 players. <laughs> it's tiny um, compared to what Brugler's doing for every team. So shout out to him. He released his mock draft as well as Daniel Jeremiah, who does a great job. Move the sticks podcast, NFL network for a number of years. Known Charger fan, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, but uh, he does a good job as well. They both had the Broncos at 12 overall, taking a cornerback from Alabama. No, not the one that everybody thought at the beginning of the season in Kool-Aid McKinstry, but rather cornerback number three, Terrion Arnold from Alabama. Scott, I don't know. I definitely said it on Twitter. I don't know if we said it on here between you and me, but we were talking. I've been talking cornerbacks, obviously, watching a lot of draft, and I'm like, I know McKinstry is pretty good. I don't love his physicality as much. The guy who pops on tape for me at cornerback, for Alabama when I watch them as number three. I might like him a little bit more. Twitchy, explosive, uh, Terion Arnold, and uh, we had Dane Brugler write about him uh, as the pick for the Broncos, saying there won't be a consensus cornerback one, but Arnold has the best package of traits, and I know several NFL scouts who feel the same way. Though he's not the most disciplined corner in the draft, Arnold is a top-tier athlete with outstanding competitiveness in ball production, 17 passes defended and five interceptions last year, so that's from Brugler. Jeremiah wrote, uh, I think Terion Arnold could go high, as high as fifth overall. He's the best cornerback in the draft, and he could he would pair with Patrick Sertan to give the Broncos the best cornerback tandem in the league, If uh, one of the best cornerback tandems in the league, if not the best. So Arnold mocked 12 overall to the Broncos by both of them. Heck of a player. Uh, if you get a chance to go back and watch them this year, uh, he's super twitchy, competitive, come down hill. I mean, he just he pops. You watch him come downhill, and number three pops when you're watching the tape. So would be a heck of a get for the Broncos. I'm not all aboard the cornerback spot for the Broncos where they are in the team-building path right now. But again, at the end of the day, draft good players. If you stack good players enough times in a row, you're going to dig yourself out of whatever circumstances the Broncos find themselves in. And I feel like recently the hit rate on the top corners has been really good. It has. When you start thinking about, you know, some of the, you know, uh, um, Devin Witherspoon. Um, I go down to um, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner, uh, Joey Porter. Was uh, Joey Porter, did he drop some? I, I feel like, like the first pick in the second round. Yeah, there it is. Third this pick is, in the this second round. Messed up just a little bit. Um, I don't know how Christian Gonzalez did, but I feel like 
he got hurt. He was really good, but he got hurt. Yeah, I feel like I feel like some of the top guys, you know, like I said, Derek Stingley, Sauce, Porter was really good. Um, Witherspoon was really good. Now, is there how do these guys compare? And I'm gonna ask this an easy question. I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna ask it like I don't know the answer for you. <laughs> how would taking a quarter affect Pat Sertan? Does this mean Pat Sertan would be on the trading block, Nick? I mean, anything is possible, Scott. When you don't have the quarterback, everything is available uh, and all avenues are available. I think that in the end, the Broncos want to keep Sertan. They view him as a decade-long player and one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL in a building block. The unfortunate thing about cornerback is they're, they're not like running backs where they fall off a cliff, but you probably have you know six, eight years, seven years maybe of them, and that's if they're great, where the offensive line, you're talking 12 13 years of uh, quarterbacks. Similarly, cornerbacks can fall off quickly. And once they do fall, the, the margins for cornerback are as small as any position in football. Cause they're so twitch and lo loose athleticism reliant that if you're just one little injury away from being a completely different corner cornerback, I think the difference from a all pro cornerback and a barely making the roster cornerback is small in terms of the ability, but that's true of the NFL in general. But uh, I digress. A uh, cornerback is a, uh, not the spot I would hope to go with with the Broncos here, but Arnold is a special player, and I when I watch him, I see a lot of uh, Devon Witherspoon uh, when I see him. You know, not the biggest framed guy, but you see him fly out of a cannon coming downhill, sometimes a little bit too aggressive with his hands, uh, but you feel him out there. You feel the physicality, the nature, the ball skills. Uh, if you throw a bad pass, he's going to come down and pop a guy. I almost wonder if long-term, if his best spot might be the slot because he is that physical out there coming downhill, you know, more of that nickel, but he has inside outside versatility. And I think he'd be really good paired with Sertan uh, because Sertan is that, you know, number one boundary corner with a bullet type of guy. Uh, and then you have a little bit more of a matchup inside outside guy with Arnold. It's a long-term pick though. I think that unfortunately for the Broncos with where they are team building wise, I don't know how much Arnold moves the needle immediately because you're still going to feature one of the three worst five worst defensive fronts in football. And if you can't get home with four, if you have to blitz constantly, if you cannot get pressure, you're going to be forced to play soft zone coverages because you just can't get home. You can have Champ Bailey and Darrell Revis out there. If the quarterback's getting five seconds consistently, somebody's going to get open and the NFL quarterback's going to find them. Uh, so I don't think it's going to move the needle immediately until the defensive line gets better, but long-term uh, it should help the team without a doubt. Yeah. I, I think it helps a lot. He, even if you just get an extra quarter second of rush, that's two steps that you get in that's your pass much. rush. That's massive. I mean, the you difference know, between so, like the 30th time to throw in number one is like half a second, right? It's crazy. Yeah. So being able to lock down the back end immediately improves your pass rush. Now improve your pass rush and immediately improves the back take care of one or the other because you didn't necessarily get your pass rush. My question on this, when I start looking at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft is I start looking at the guys who go just a little bit ahead. Are there anybody that you might target in there? And it ends up being big guys, um, offensive tackles, Jared verse edge nine to the bears. Um, Byron Murphy, 11 to the Vikings, big defensive tackle. And then immediately after why is Olu Fashanu falling? when he's considered top five and now he's at 13 to the Raiders. 
uh, he was not as good in 2023 as 2022, especially in the big games. Uh, I don't know if he was dealing with an injury this season. I think with the, where the betting is going in football, Scott, that it's these college coaches are going to have to kind of give up a little bit of secrecy and start to have to disclose what injuries are happening. But um, from asking around, uh, I think Olu was dealing with an injury this season that might have dropped his play a bit. And uh, two of his worst games this season were probably their two biggest games in terms of playing Ohio State uh, and Michigan. So Olu could fall a bit. I think if I had the chance at this draft, I don't even – where's Olu play? I don't know, and I don't care. I don't think the Broncos are a cornerback away, pick 12, or even a quarterback away at pick 12 from winning the Super Bowl next year. So get me a building block, and if you think Olu can be a franchise tackle, then swing away. I'd probably do that even if he doesn't play year one. I don't give a hoot. Uh, I'm not thinking Super Bowl or bust next year anyway, so I'm not going to draft that way. Uh, so I probably would go Olu, but the reason he falls, not as good in the big games this season, potentially dealing with an injury. Uh, I think that as we get closer to April, Joe Alt is going to separate himself as the number one just because he had such a better season this year, and it's also extremely young. But uh, if Olu's there at 12, I'm I'm probably taking him. All right, here's and here's the bigger question I have. Uh, boards are subjective, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, big, big re- revelation there. But this is basically Daniel Jeremiah's board matched with team needs. Okay, so we're assuming that the board is the board. He's got Bo Nix as the only other first-round quarterback, other than the big three, going two spots later to the New Orleans Saints. Now, if he thinks Bo Nix is good enough to go 14 to the New Orleans Saints, is there a chance in hell he gets by 12 in the Denver Broncos? Yeah, for sure. I think there if he's not your guy and you don't match up with him and you know it's quarterback is so weird because it's is the, there enough of a, a a variance like I said because this isn't I'm taking Denver's evaluations and I'm taking New Orleans evaluations. I already said that. We know. Mm-hmm. I might not like this guy, they may like this guy. But this is Daniel Jeremiah's board. And if this is where I have this guy, he ain't going past 12. If I think that 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 Bo Nix is good enough to go 14, he might not get out of the top 10. He might go eight to the Falcons. So that's my point on this mock draft is if I think Bo Nix is good enough, if I'm willing to mock Bo Nix at 14, by God, I better be willing to pick him at 12. Yeah, I I agree with you, Scott, to a, a, to a point. However, quarterback is so variant team by team you're talking to just daniel jeremiah in general i'm talking like i said this is this if i'm doing a mock draft it's my board yeah okay it's this is my board and i'm matching them so i think bo nix is good enough to go 14 if i think bo nix is good enough to go 14 he ain't getting by 12 yeah he so that's how i would that's how i would do this mock draft if I don't th- if I if if I don't think Bo Nix is good enough to go at twelve, I'm not picking him at fourteen. I'm, he's got to be down the line. He's got to be in the twenties. He's got to be maybe in the second round, because the quarterback needy teams like the Denver Broncos aren't going to let him get to fourteen. Mm-hmm. If I think he's good enough to go fourteen, now if I'm making an exception, we know the Raiders have done historically stupid things. You know, and if I've got the Raiders picking Bo Nix and say I might put in in the line there. Now I think this is a reach, but the Raiders have been known to do something like that. But if this is my board and I'm creating this mock draft, and I think Bo Nix is good enough to be the 14th best player on the board, he ain't going past 12. Broncos are going to take him. 
And Jeremiah did talk about it a bit on his uh, Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks. And he said that, you know, he likes Knicks, uh, but he feels like a team like the Saints, given where they are cap-wise, probably have to make that move. They're kind of in trouble with that Derek Carr contract. And he also said he doesn't love Knicks' arm in the elements, but playing in the NFC South in a dome, uh, especially with all the Gruden flirtation that's happening down there in New Orleans right now, he felt like it was a perfect matching of situation mm-hmm. down there for Knicks. So I, I think that I don't know about for Denver, but we're going to get a chance at the senior bowl to see what his arm looks like. I think it's going to be good. Not, I think he probably has at best the chance to have the fourth most gifted arm out there in terms of the velocity and the whip uh, that he has on him, but that can be good enough uh, for if he's throwing with anticipation and timing, especially if you're match, matching him against the other quarterbacks. Uh, so it should be interesting to see. Again, they both both Jeremiah and uh, Brugler love Arnold in this situation. I have a hard time going going cornerback just from the team building process. I think it was a uh, uh, James Palmer mentioned this a couple years ago, where he's talking about cornerback, and it's stuck in my head for a while since then. A lot of teams view that cornerback spot as the closer on a roster, and not not necessarily ornamental, but you have to have the infrastructure in place on the front before you can take advantage of them, and you have to have the offense in place to take advantage of them as well. Now, again, at the end, draft good players. Uh, simple, but in terms of taking advantage of that window, cornerbacks pretty much come in and are good to go almost year one, especially year two. It's not a developmental arc position uh, like it used to be. Offensive tackle, defensive line are. So that's probably where I'm, again, I, broken record here. That's where I'm leaning in the draft. And we had Olu Fashano available with the Daniel Jeremiah mock. I definitely would have taken him Brock Bowers. When I think went 15 or 16 overall, I probably would have taken him over Terry on Arnold as well, just because I'm so tired of watching a bad offense in Denver, especially <laughs> watching the playoff football here. It's like, Oh, that's what good offense is supposed to look like. I've been, you know, uh, brainwashed into like, Oh my gosh, we have, you know, 20 points in this game. We had a few flashes here. That's good. I'm watching Jared Goff and Jordan love and all these guys rip balls into crazy <laughs> windows. Like, Oh, huh, we haven't seen that in Denver since, God, talk about crazy windows since maybe Cutler, but good offense probably since midway through 2014. So I'm a little bit biased towards the offense in that front, but uh, cornerback, Scott, I just have a really hard time with it for the Broncos with where they are team building wise. Well, what's an easy time for you is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Yeah, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I had absolutely no skills of cooking uh, before we entered the pandemic. And once the pandemic came inside a little bit, well, let's give it a go. And uh, that's been one of the better skills I've added uh, over this time period. So uh, it's the time of year everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits. Look to HelloFresh's wholesome health forward options like the over 30 calorie smart and protein smart recipes each week. They say breakfast is the most important meal of the day and HelloFresh agrees. In fact, They've given all subscribers a free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Now that's worth waking up early for. Bronk, maybe HelloFresh for breakfast. (laughs) It's time to go with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash huddle free and use code huddle free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash huddle free with code. Huddle free. Woo-hoo. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jeremy Sean comes in and says, Nick will be the only person mad at the Broncos pick a quarterback. I'll not be mad, um, but I will be skeptical, I guess is the word I'm going. I'm not going to be gung-ho. Prove it. Give me 16 starts and prove it. It's kind of like what the Drew Locke and the Paxton Lynch and all these quarterbacks have shown me. Uh, until we see it on the field, you can be excited about it, but uh, I am not going in there where the blinders, where everything is great and nothing is his fault uh, with that quarterback because he was picked 12 because – the reality is you want that guy to hit so bad that maybe you're a little bit biased uh, towards what they're actually out, showing out there on the field. So, and I'm not enthralled uh, with any of the quarterbacks four five, six at 12 overall in this draft, but we'll hope for the best. And if they take a guy, it's going to come down to the personality fits, the whiteboard session, stuff that we can't see. Scott, we talk about that on here a lot with the quarterbacks. They're one of the most dependent positions in football, even though they're most important, they're one of the most dependent to be successful. And the, throwing sessions, the whiteboard stuff, the intangible factors for quarterback matter so much. We can evaluate the tangibles all day long, but for quarterbacks, intangibles are so important and we just get hearsay on that end. So it's, it's tough to evaluate that from where we are. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest to evaluate because it's the one that relies the least on the athletic ability, comparatively speaking to other positions. Uh, even offensive line, you've got to have you know, certain size measurements. We've got all this down to measurements, physical skills, yep. shuttle times, et cetera, et cetera. Now there is skill involved in every position and instincts, of course, but it's a, it's an athlete's league. And then it becomes a thinking man's game when it comes to um, the quarterback position at times, Matt Tuttle come in. He's got a good question. Good to see you, Matt it says morning guys. Thanks for providing content during these less exciting times. This is the most exciting time of the year, man. Thoughts on Gardner Minshew as a potential quarterback option. He's my favorite vet option. Yeah, I guess he could be an option for the Broncos. I do worry that maybe he doesn't have the arm talent to drive the football to the extent that you probably need to in November, December games in Denver, in Kansas City. Uh, I think he's definitely probably better served in a South team and maybe a dome merchant at that because, again, I just – the ability to drive the football is not there. Um, that ability to drive the football really matters. We almost saw it cost the 49ers their season uh, this week with Brock Purdy, where the the arm talent, the ability to play in the elements didn't exist uh, for him in that game. We'll, we'll see if it's supposed to be better weather next week. But uh, I don't know if uh, Minshew has the physical nature to be a cold weather quarterback. Uh, but heck, I've, every, everything's probably moving to a dome eventually anyway. So who, who cares? But uh, he's in the lot of you know, salvage quarterbacks that I don't really, I'm not going to get super excited or plant a flag on any of them. Right. If you bring in, if you run back Jared Stidham, if you get Sam Darnold, if you get Jameis Winston, if you get Jacoby Brissett, if you get Jimmy Garoppolo, if you bring in Gardner Minshew, 
okay, we're just kind of moving the pieces around, uh, moving the food around the plate right now, right? As I don't really think it's going to make a huge <laughs> difference here uh, for the Broncos in terms of their end goal with any of those guys. You're still trying to set yourself up long-term to get that quarterback and launch from there. And hopefully you're ready when that time comes. If I'm ranking guys that are free agents, you probably go Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, one and two. I... Say that again, Kirk. If you're ranking them, you're ranking out. the free agent quarterbacks right now. Who are the who are the ones that come to mind? Because I'm I'm saying Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield because Gardner Minshew might be the third guy out there. He ended up making with bonuses, I think somewhere around five or six million dollars, and he's probably going to double that. Mm-hmm. And that's still decent backup money. He went to Indianapolis. One of the reasons why he got the opportunity and then took the opportunity was because of Shane Steichen. They worked together before. It might be a good idea for him to stay there. He was really good for them. What do I think of him? I think he'd be a good pickup. I think he'd be a very good bridge quarterback. I like his gunslinger mentality, but he also and he he's got some wheels on him too. He'll run the RPOs that Shane Seiken runs a ton of. Um, he's accurate underneath. The short passing game should come into play a little bit, and then uh, you know, the long passing game, throwing the ball downfield to keep honest. So I would I like the idea again. Going back to it, drafting your guy, going back to David Yunkin's first post, Super Chat. The idea is to draft and get the guy. It's not easy, man. It's just, Mm -hmm. if if only it was so, just draft your quarterback. Wow. Why didn't everybody think of that? Uh, If you like him and you can do it, but it's it's hard. It is, especially Mm -hmm. if you're not in the top five. And there's not a great quarterback available. You can be in the top five, and the best quarterback is Kenny Pickett. Well, that sucks. Um, unless you get lucky and have really great coaching like San Francisco. Um, so Gardner Minshew is a viable option. Absolutely. He's going to cost probably between 10 and $12 million. Can you afford that next year? With void years, which I don't know if you want to do, but uh, I hate void years. Yeah. Pay him not to be there, but you're already doing that with the dead cap, right? I was thinking so. about that with Tim Patrick, honestly. Yeah. You know, with Tim Patrick, can you, sign him to a three-year void-year contract instead of cutting him and spread out that dead cap charge across, you know, three years instead of a $6 million dead cap hit or two threes. Maybe I can make it three twos with void years. Maybe if he retire, if he, if he doesn't play anymore, I don't know, but I hate the void year options, but Gardner Minshew is probably going to get 10 to $12 million. And um, I don't know that you can afford him, but I, I, I don't mind the option. He played really well for uh for indianapolis this year yeah he again i don't know if i see the ability to drive the football very well but that's the probably the reality uh for who the broncos are looking at for quarterback next season that bucket of quarterback nobody wants to be back on that carousel but uh broncos are in a tight spot with a cap and you might have to just kind of figure things out and hope that uh, sean payton can identify a guy that he can be frugal with and maximize his ability uh, we'll see who that is I got a feeling in the bottom of my stomach, Scott, that Jimmy Garoppolo might be the guy to watch out for here, but uh, we'll see. I don't think that's a, that's a great fit in the end, but I know that Peyton's had high things to say about him in the past. And uh, Garoppolo also, Scott, just like Russell Wilson, uh, Garoppolo is going to get paid. I think he's going to get paid vet minimum where he goes because the Raiders are going to be on the hook for the rest of that contract. So the Broncos can not only bring in somebody who Sean Payton. No, 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 no. That's not right. Correct? No, no, the, they, he was a free agent, so he's got a new contract, and I'm thinking of Derek Carr, so apologies. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Derek Carr. 
um, I'm like, how are the same? I, I'm getting my West Coast guys confused. Apologies. Yeah, Garoppolo is with the Raiders this season, and he's going to be moved on from. And I think the Raiders, just like the Broncos, are going to be on hook with Russell Wilson with anything beyond the uh, the veteran minimum. Or there's like a certain level of money. Uh, the same thing's going to happen with the Raiders uh, with that contract with Jimmy Garoppolo. So not only probably the cheapest financial op- option for the Broncos, but the same school that Sean Payton went to. They're both Eastern Illinois alums, and I think a fit for the offense. No, the ceiling's not high. No, I'm not excited about it, but. I think we're probably approaching some plug your nose, hoping for, you know, hitting the lottery pick uh, ticket on some guy. Uh, So that's probably what we're seeing in the short term. It's why so many people are so gung ho about the quarterback of the 12th overall pick. I get it because there's the, the unknown factor. If you hit that 12th pick, yes, that is, that could be amazing. That's the best way out of here. And that is the hope on that is much better than Broncos taking an edge rusher at 12 and pairing it with Jimmy Garoppolo. I get that, but I just don't know if that's going to be the reality in the end for the Broncos. We'll see though. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying much love. You guys rock. I got it to get the plumbing. Well, good luck to you. Uh, that's uh can make some jokes there about, you know, that sounds like some crap sometimes now, but uh, appreciate you, man. We got to appreciate our trades uh, workers out there, Lawrence. So really big shout out to you doing, uh, doing hard work out there and hanging out with us this morning. Need a furnace guy today. I think, I think, uh, I think my furnace burned up yesterday. So, um, yeah, have a good day out there, Lawrence. Stay warm, yep. all that kind of stuff. Uh, Colin Wood says, what is our obligation if we bring Russ back this year? Are we in for his whole contract? No, uh, but you're in for the $37 million guaranteed money in 2025, and that's the big one. It ends up being a two-year commitment. It's a um, three-year financial commitment, though, if you bring him back, because the, the dead cap would be split, over, again, probably over to 2026. So not only are you paying him an additional 37 million, but you're going to be on the hook for an additional year as well. So uh, that makes it tougher for the Broncos uh, for them. I think they gave it the old college try with him this year. I think ideally they wanted to hopefully go the next two years with him and then have the ability to move up, but just wasn't good enough for the contract. And I think bringing in Sean Payton, there was an understanding that like, yeah, we're, you need to give it a go with the guy we're here, given the contract we have, but if he's not your guy, you can move on. You have that final say. And I think that's where we are at uh, with the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton saga. I know there's been a little bit of fun discussing, like maybe they'll bring back Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, maybe I got oceanfront property to sell you in Iowa as well. Uh, but um, we should get into the mock draft here, Scott. It's not going to take us very long, um, but to do the uh, top 12 picks and just kind of talk about the board for the Broncos running a simulator. Yeah. And real quick, the idea of, you know, it, it just, it still kind of bothers me when people say, well, Russell Wilson, if he wanted to win, he'd restructure his contract. He obviously doesn't want to win. They don't want him guys. His, his, his contract extension hasn't even started yet. He had two years left on his deal while Nick's pulling this up. I'll say all the things I was typing in the background last night. Russell Wilson had two years left on his deal. When the Broncos acquired him, he signed a five-year extension. He's been in Denver for two years. His five-year extension hasn't even started yet, and they're already reneging on it, saying we want to make changes, and we don't want you anymore. No. If you don't want me anymore, then cut me and pay me what you owe me, and we'll move on. He has absolutely no incentive, and they haven't incentivized him. You take a pay cut. You, I don't even say pay cut. Most guys don't take a pay cut. They just defer money. You work with the team to defer money when you're trying to build together to build something. This isn't a co-op. Denver wants to move on from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is saying, okay, pay me and let's go. 
Yeah. It's tough. And uh, also the fact that he can get paid to go somewhere else and be a free agent for the first time in his career. I think that sounds probably pretty positive. However, Scott, you're talking about the quarterbacks being available. I think there's definitely a line after Mayfield and uh, Kirk Cousins. But I mean, there's I think there's an argument that Russell Wilson would be the third best quarterback on the market right now. Yep. Uh, for, it's just not a great fit for the scheme, but yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't considered there. him yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, It'll be fun. And uh, time for the mock draft. Um, we have the Broncos picking 12th overall. I set up the randomness a little less, Scott, because last time it was uh, pretty unbelievable. And unfortunately, we're still at the whim of the PFF draft board. I'm hopefully at some point we can get working different boards as well, because, you know, there's always going to be market deficiencies in these boards, Scott's, when we just use the same board over and over again. Like, well, we know we can get this guy in the third round because they have him so low, but we don't think he's that low. So we get him over and over again. So we'll use different uh, simulators as time goes on, even though the PFF one is smooth. I like the ability to use different boards in the back end, uh, just so we're not as homogenous and taking the same guys in the same spots. But for now, we're early enough. Just 12th pick overall. The Broncos only pick in the top 75, unfortunately. What I do uh, we'll like to do with this one is crank up the positional value a little bit. Yeah. Because we're doing the top, and positional value matters at the at the at, in the top of the draft. I agree with you. I agree with you. So Broncos are going to run here, but first I see we got a super chat coming in from Akeem Morris Childress, 199. Thank you so much, Akeem. If you have any comments or questions or heck, you want to make the pick, uh, the pick is for sale, guys. If you guys want to do that, God bless you. Um, but uh, we're going to get it going here. Start the draft for the Broncos. Um, picking 12 overall. We got to go on Caleb Williams, one, Drake May, two, Malik Neighbors, three, Joe Alt, four, Marvin Harrison, five, Cooper Jean, six, Olu, Olu seven, Roma Dunes, eight, Jared verse nine. Newton 10, Jaden Daniels 11. Sorry, folks. That's probably the one that we would have been most interested in there. I would take Jaden Daniels without having to trade up, but alas, didn't work out that way. So here we are on the board. We got Brock Bowers available for the Broncos at pick 12. We got Talise Fuaga, who Scott, you're going to get a chance to go watch him down there in Mobile. Uh, going to be an Oregon State player. I'm curious if he's going to be a better guard than tackle in the league, but a butt kicker. Um, really, really fun player. Uh, gonna be fun to watch him down there. You got Nate Wiggins there at 13. Dallas Tur- Turner also available. Terry on Arnold, the three Alabama guys in row. Terry on Arnold, JC Latham, Leatu Latu available still. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Michael Penix, Brian Thomas, Bo Nix, Amarius Mims. And I think that's probably that's probably where I draw the line. All those guys I think are probably worthwhile discussion points for the Broncos at 12 overall. With that many guys available, Scott, what's my first thought? I like a lot of these guys, but none of them really, I mean, Bowers does stand out, but let's say none of them really, really do stand out for me. What are we looking for? I think you're a year ahead on offensive tackle and I want bigger needs right there. Assuming everybody's equal. I think offensive tackle goes one down unless I completely move on from, from bowls. Um, But I would think I'm in the market for a first round offensive tackle in 2025. Um. And on this one, I'm going, I, for me, I would want pass rusher or Bowers. So I would go Bowers or pass rusher on this one. Yeah, and we got uh, Akeem coming in and said, first time mistake getting that super chat before without doing it. But he says, uh, what are your thoughts on trading the 12th pick for Justin Fields? 12th pick is way too rich for Justin Fields, in my opinion. Um, I would not give that up given his uh, injuries that he's had so far, the turnovers and the sacks he's had. Also, if the frustr- if a lot of the frustration with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton was not playing on time, Justin Fields is a worse on time quarterback right now than uh, Russell Wilson is. So I don't know if the Broncos would want want to go that route. Now, if you take talk about pick, what do they have? Seventy six and maybe a future uh, conditional pick that can work its way up to a 
third or second. Um, we can talk then. Um, he's still really talented. I still really like Justin Fields. I just don't know if Sean Payton and the Broncos really like Justin Fields. So definitely not giving the 12th pick. If that's what it takes, then God bless. Uh, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere, but uh, I'd be interested personally. Yeah, Justin Fields isn't is a more erratic passer and a better athlete. So yeah. that's that's not a great fit for 12 overall. Um we'll see what they especially when you know you, the Bears are going to have to move him basically. Yep. So I think the competition will be who else is after him because you're competing you're not trying to get them to give up a player they don't want. Now they have to move them, but there's going to be competition for them. Yeah. Um, and it may end up being the equivalent of a first round when it's all said and done, Nick, to get to get Justin Fields because of the competition out there. Yeah. But not not a great fit for uh, you. You might as well stick with with Russell Wilson. Um, you'd be better off sticking with Russell Wilson than than trading for uh, for Justin Fields. I think. Yeah, I did want to. St- come around to one point you had here, Scott, about the tackle being a year early. I agree with you on paper, but I'm not going to let that deter me from not taking a tackle. If I like a guy, just because I right. don't think, I don't That's think this is right now. Yeah. I, if like, if let's say Olu or alt were there, then fine. Also, I think if the Broncos trade back, the first pick could easily be a tackle. And I don't care if it's a year early for them. This is, they're talking about this being a historic offensive tackle class. And I would rather be a year early and take advantage of the surplus in a year than have to be like, Oh, well, now we're desperate for one, and it's an absolute yeah. dog crap class next year. So I'd rather be a year early on a position like that, especially considering tackles pretty developmental. Uh, typically, it takes two to three years before those guys really come into their own in the league. So that honestly lines up pretty well. It's yeah. not always I the can, best. I can go Fashano here real easy. Yeah, I for the tackle spot, unless you absolutely love a guy, I think there's enough bunched in that three offensive tackle three through eight conversation that if you trade back and you're sitting there at pick 26 and the best player available is a tackle. God bless. Take them. That's, that's great. Uh, but for me with no trades, we're not going to do any trades. I know people said you got two trade offers here, Nick, I'll click on them just to see what they are. Um, we got, uh, it doesn't work that way though. It, you have to, you still have to offer yep. to trade with. It doesn't, they, these don't offer you the trades that, oh. that's, these don't offer you the trade. So it's, you have to oh, try says, and guess these guys want to make a trade. Now. What do you want to do? And I think it is way too easy on these to trade down. It's so much yeah. harder in real life. I end up getting addicted to trading down and I come out of this with three players and four first round draft picks next year. Yeah. Luckily it does say who's interested. And at some point we'll work on a trade down like the Steelers it's coming up from pick 20. If they want to give me, you know, 20 a third round pick and then a second round pick next year then uh, god bless giddy up and we'll talk uh but uh, i think that trade with the pittsburgh would be interesting here for me for the broncos scott uh you hit it nail on the head it's brock bowers or it is uh, uh for me dallas turner mm-hmm. i'm gonna go brock bowers in this one uh, for all the reasons we talked about but i do think that turner is very much in the conversation uh in this situation because the broncos are so poor at edge in the defensive line. And we talked about earlier that with their backs against the cap wall, getting a potential plus starter at the second most expensive position on a football team in Dallas Turner can make a big difference. Uh, He's considered a really hard worker there out there and saving a versatile piece and probably going to be the best testing top edge rusher in this class as well, which typically is a pretty translatable thing. So I think uh, run support, which you desperately need. Yeah. Yep. So that's the the uh, that's what I'm looking for um, as well. So I think that 
Bowers would be the fan's choice here in this one, and I'm going to go with that one here. But I think there's going to be a big conversation and a very valid one that uh, Dallas Turner would make sense as well. Super young, very good player. He's not Will Anderson out there, but he can be a number one on a team. And with the Broncos, uh, Nick Benito, a good, useful piece, but not a number one edge rusher on a team. And you have Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning entering their last year of their contracts next year. So, uh, and the Broncos, one of the worst pass rush teams in football uh, this last season. So uh, I think Turner is one that if we were in the room, Scott, I actually might say if, especially if we had the testing numbers to back Turner up, I might actually go, okay, I love Bowers. The tight end stuff enough for me is enough for me to value him slightly less than Turner in this position. Uh, But I need to have the testing numbers to validate defensive linemen. Yeah. And it would come down to that. And then you, cause you watch the tape and it's like Bowers all day. Bowers is a top five guy in this draft class. He really is. You know, when we want to say BPA Bowers is top five, um, yeah. but positional value, yada, 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 uh, and risk. Yep. The good yeah. news is, is the risk on a tight end, your fifth year option isn't quite as expensive. And you know, we saw that with the fifth-year option on Justin Fields is twenty-plus million dollars. The fifth-year option on Patrick Sertan is twenty-plus million dollars. The fifth-year option on Kyle Pitts, who has made a Pro Bowl and was drafted higher, is ten because yeah. he's a tight end. The fifth—I'm with you on this, the fifth-year option, Scott. But the real contract discussion point is the cost control of those first four years. Because again, if you bring, if you take Bowers at 12, he's going to be a top five paid tight end in football. Mm-hmm. And Travis Kelsey, number one paid tight end in football is like only the 20th wide receiver in terms of value. So you're losing a lot of value on the first four years. The fifth year option, you have that in your pocket. You can use that. Uh, but I think it's more the, obviously the bigger chunk of time, the four years is more of the talking point with the, for, the for me on that, it's the risk and development. So I can yeah. afford to take one more year on a young guy because he won't cost me that much. Again, use the Kyle Pitts reference right now. Would you pick up the Kyle Pitts fifth-year option if he was listed at wide receiver and was $18, $19 million? Hell no, you wouldn't. But I'm willing to give him one more year to pick it up at 10. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, for me, it's, it's another year of cost control of affordability, even if it's not crazy money because they're all going to make the, the wide yeah. receiver at those premium positions. You're going to go from... 8 million in your fourth year to 20 million in your fifth year, if you want to keep them. And if you're not sure that it gives you one, it gives you one more extra year of, do I want this guy or not? Yeah. Going to be interesting. And we had uh, multiple offers there on the table. As you mentioned, Scott, you have to make the trade. So, but they tell you who's available um, or who's, uh, who's interested. So we had the 20th overall pick. The Steelers were interested in coming up. Could have taken Mims, McKinstry available as well. Leatu Latu probably would have been my pick with that board and there. And that's where I'm more comfortable taking my quarterback too. Yeah. You had Bo Nix already come off at 14. You'd have been between uh, J.J. McCarthy and who didn't come off here and Michael Penix. But uh, for sure, the other team available interested was the the uh, Lions. Maybe you're talking about J.J. McCarthy there. I would have loved Troy Fontenew down there as well. Kate, uh, Keon Mitchell from Toledo. Keep an eye on him. He's been unbelievable out there at Toledo the last few years. But uh, we ended up taking Bowers. And this one, uh, unfortunately, the Broncos have a lot of needs and uh, couldn't nail all of them with just one pick in the top 75. But uh, Bowers gives you an offensive piece and somebody that can make you a little bit more explosive down to down. And that's something this Broncos team desperately needs. Uh, just a little bit of more efficient team and we'll add in some explosive on those high percentage throws. That's what Bowers brings. So would be a fun player for the Broncos if he's available there. We'll see uh, if he is. It's because he plays tight end. 
Uh, Jeremy Sean's excited about something. Holy Toledo. Um, Just talking about the Toledo cornerback. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what happened? Because, you know, this is the time of year where stuff is breaking while we're live. (laughs) So we appreciate you keep an eye on the folks we can trust, like Jeremy and Michael Ranquillo, keeping keeping an eye on uh, on on the Twix machine. But, you know, James says if we pick at 12, our next pick is at 76. Ugh. Yeah, you'll be interested what uh, what happens with Judy, what you need to give up, what you need to pay for to buy another pick if you wanted one or if it's just a straight cap move then you're probably not going to get much of a pick in return. If uh, yeah. you know if someone's willing to take 13 million, you say yes, we're offering you a bucket of Gatorade, okay? And 13 million dollars basically. Whenever we talk about Jerry Judy, that's what we have to think of. We're going to offer you a fourth. Oh, that's not enough, he's better than that. And 13 million dollars. Oh. Yeah, okay, I'll take that then. Oh, man, well, a lot of this is not going to be the last mock we do, Scott, and I'm excited to see what happens down here. Uh, when you're heading down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, going to be a lot of fun guys uh, available for the Broncos and plenty of mocks to come. If you guys are not into mock drafts, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to have more more coming here. I wish the Broncos had more picks. We'll see if they trade anybody to get more picks, uh, but a lot's going to happen still for the Broncos, even though it's probably going to be more of a quiet offseason as we try to collect ourselves and get ourselves a little bit more cap healthy uh, in a post-Russell Wilson era. Uh, and Kathy says, I'd say to hell with those offensive weapons. If you don't have a quarterback that can throw. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, go back and listen to me talk about the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons and Kyle Pitts and railing on them for three years. And what a stupid pick that was. Um, but it wasn't just the quarterback who was old and rickety. It was the offensive line was non-existent Swiss cheese defense. This team doesn't have nearly as many holes. And, um, I think, with the right offensive weapons, you can design a, a competent offense. Um, I'd rather do that than reach on a quarterback. Miss there, and now I don't have any the, the receivers either. Um, so again, it's going to come down to is just be real careful, Broncos country, about saying we have to get our quarterback in this draft. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. And to talk about taking an offensive weapon early, I. I agree to an extent that it's not as building block piece as the defensive and offensive line would be. But the point is you want to build the infrastructure in place that when you do have the quarterback here, a, you can take off as quickly as possible. You know, you're not spending years of that rookies quarterback contract where it's like, Oh man, we don't know if we can really evaluate him because the infrastructure has been so crap. Uh, Who does that remind you of right now? Uh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. That's the problem we've got with Justin Fields right now. There's so many people that say, I don't want Justin Fields. He's a total bust. Man, Chicago's been bad. And as Chicago started taking the time in year three of Justin Fields to play better, guess what? He's played better too. And they look better. And they look like they look like right now, like we were expecting him to look all this year. You know, we were expecting him to take that jump into, and, and it took him half the season to get it together. Now they look like a team that could push for the playoffs. With Justin Fields, with Caleb Williams, we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, Kathy, I know about not not reaching for a quarterback. Um, it's just you know you don't pass on a guy when you're at twelve. You know you don't necessarily pass on a guy that falls in your lap because you don't have the right quarterback. If he's if you absolutely love it, and like I said, Brock Bowers, I think is a he's a he's a top five player in this draft. So I, I can make that I can make the argument for him real easy. Yeah. 
without a doubt. Really talented. Should be a lot of fun. We'll see. There's going to be some options there for the Broncos. Unfortunately, those mocks we talked about, it was cornerback, which I don't think you can take full advantage of the cornerback when you're as bad on the defensive line as the Broncos. But uh, you're talking about a quarter, a player over that rookie contract and hopefully eight years. And by that point, you hope you get the defensive line right, you know, a couple of years from now where you can take advantage of that. But We'll see. I appreciate everyone coming in. Michael coming in. It's a great show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Go everybody who came in here and supported today. David Youngkin, David Carmelo, Michael Ronquillo, Kathy, of course, coming in. Lawrence Rivera, Gary Palmer, Matt Tuttle, Akeem Moore Childress a couple times. Appreciate all of you guys coming in and supporting the show as we get on out of here. <coughs> as I'm starting to cough, that means I need to get a little bit more coffee in the system. Appreciate everyone. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle as well as Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, subscribe to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube. Like our show and share on your social media platforms. We went I, at some point, Scott, I'm going to have to work our flow down to get like 45 minutes. I know you always say, Nick, that's on you. I feel like we're just in such rhythm at this point with the, the hour long shows that it's hard to get off that. But for my sleep and sanity and to help Natalie out, I probably got to start to cut down a little bit, but uh, appreciate everyone. Any final thoughts, Scott on everything, turning on a mock to the Broncos. We end up taking Brock Bowers on our mock. It's a busy time. Um, like I said, the, the purpose of mocks going back to the top of the show is to get an idea of who could be available and how they could help your team. Mm -hmm. And um, next week, you know, give me another 10 days and we'll start doing those second to fifth round mocks too. And we can start talking about some of those players that, and that's where it becomes really fun. And then the hindsight, and this is a, this is a good enough group that we've got here on Broncos country to say, Oh yeah. I remember you talking about Abraham Lucas in the third or uh, who's the offensive tackle that went to the bears that ended up being a right tackle that started Braxton Jones started left tackle. Yeah. Him. He went in the fifth. I think we liked him in the senior bowl. So Yep. Uh, we'll start, we'll start hitting those next week. I don't want to do a fifth as Jeremy says right now, because I don't know the guys well enough yet. We'll I will in a week. Well, in a week and four days, I'll have a better idea. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll work our way through. We'll figure it out. And, uh, you guys just hang out and keep on up with us. So, uh, hope we're doing, uh, hope you guys are doing well. Make sure you rest up, have a good week. Uh, we're final stretch of January here, just like that. Boom. One month down in 2024. It's pretty wild. Time flies. Uh, but appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>